Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Hurling Podcast with your host Mark Kennedy, joined again this week by Kieran Collins and Rory Walsh. Lads, how are things? I'm very good, Mark, yourself? Great, Mark, great. thanks. Yeah, great. No, Another weekend fast approaching. I suppose this week we'll focus in on the Fitzgibbon Cup final. Mary I securing their third crown to deny UL their three in a row bid. We'll have a look at that. Schools quarterfinals. Uh, we had Nina CBS and Arts School Reach prevailing. And also round three of the Allianz Hurling League, 1A, 1B and 2A, we'll focus in on. We'll look at the, some standout fixtures and also look to see who might need a result. I suppose, guys, let's kick off first. Abby Dorney, Kerry, last Saturday afternoon. We had a meeting of local rivals, Mary Macla College and University of Limerick. University of Limerick going for three in a row, 22-game winning streak. But I suppose, Rory, uh, all credits Mary Macla College showed more composure used the ball better and uh, probably were deserving winners on the day, 214 to 115. Your thoughts? Yeah, fully deserved winners. Um, I think at one stage in, in the second half, they were under serious pressure and there was a strong breeze, as we saw with um, some of Jason Glenn's uh, freeze early on in the game, like uh, with UL in the second half. You were kind of feeling at one stage, maybe 15 minutes to go, all the momentum was at UL. They were after clawing back what was once an eight-point deficit had the breeze with them and you were kind of thinking it was going to take something maybe like a red card or something to swing it from area at that stage but in fairness they found like they they found another gear and they upped it against the breeze got the next two or three scores and it kind of i think it gave the whole team a bit of confidence that they were going to get over the line from there and in fairness you'd have to say they outfought you well in that spell and uh, when the game was in the melting pot with that 15 minutes to go 10 minutes to go and uh, they were fully deserved um going through the team even um as we know, Mark Rogers had been the main threat for UL up until now, along with Garoda Connor, and um, he was extremely well handled by Adam Hogan. And we were kind of wondering then who who would step up next for UL. You know, it, apart from from Garoda Connor, kind of took the fight to him. The rest of the forwards, nobody really took over the mantle. And um, yeah, it, it was a a serious move from from you know having the right man on him. And I suppose Adam Hogan would know him well from Clare training as well, and so on and underage battle. So. Uh, You'd have to say that, you know, um, Podge Collins, of course, uh, in with his cousin. And, uh, you know, together as a team, like, they, uh, I think they got things right. And I was just surprised with UL in a way. And, and we mentioned that they didn't maybe move Rogers, bring him out, and then give them a decision to make, like, um, because um, if Rogers was, was brought out to the half-hour line, did they bring Hogan out with him and maybe leave the full-back line a bit more exposed? But they never really put... Um, Mary I in that position, like, never put them in that position. And uh, in fairness, you'd have to just credit Mary I. It was seriously deserved. And again, just to compare resources between both colleges, <coughs> UL have a serious amount of players to pick from. You know, well-sponsored, well-funded, and uh, it is kind of a in, a, in a way, when you look at it that way, I know it doesn't seem when you look at the players in the team sheet, because Mary I have, you know, a lot of inter-county senior hurlers as well. But in terms of overall resources, like, it is a giant killing. And it just does give hope to the smaller colleges and some colleges with smaller playing pools that if they can get things right, get the right lads in over the team and, um, you know, do a small bit of recruitment and making uh, your GA and hurling program in Tyson that uh, you can go and win Fitzgibbon Cups. Absolutely. Kieran, get you in there. What was your thoughts on the final? Yeah, I suppose if you were to roll back a couple of weeks, you know, after the first two rounds of the Fitzgibbon Cup, like, you know, all signs are all, you know, I think if you were to put it to anyone, UL would have been the the favourites to, to, you know, to expected to win. But, you know, I think we kind of predicted back then that Mary and I were, were ticking along nicely and, you know, they, they were 
maybe a surprise package this was compared to what it would have been the start of the year. But you know, they were full credit to get there. You know, beat some good teams along the way. I think you compare that to you well then, where you know I think they struggled. You know, they limped over quarter final, um, same in the semi final against Galway. I myself thought that they would, you know, I suppose with the game that it was and, and going for history, win three in a row, they would have opted another gear. But I think, you know, they, they just never got their star players, especially their forwards, into the game. I think it's a Rory highlight, like Mary I definitely had to handle them and got their their man marking right and get the, the matchups right. I suppose there in the first half, you know, Mary I started really strong, but with the benefit of the wind, and I think they were probably wasteful as well. The 13 wides in that first half, you know, and I think if you were looking at it at half time, they were the four points up. You know, you'd probably given the, the advantage to UL to be playing the second half with the wind. And, you know, the way they started that second half, like they scored seven of the first eight points in the second half UL. And, you know, I, I think that's what betting and running, it would have been, you know, uh, UL would have been strong favourites. But, you know, that I suppose Rory said Mary Ives and up a year, the battles, you know, they heavily relied on freeze, but I suppose it was it was a work rate that they showed to, to battle to get back into that game. They only actually scored one point from playing the second half. I suppose but they had to work on the first half and, you know, it's um, it's a huge credit, and I suppose it probably means a lot to them. And as Rory said, uh, you know, the the resources and the, the colleges are ten minutes apart. But I suppose Mary I probably uh, the population of 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 men in Mary I is probably you know small enough compared to what will be in UL. So you know, it's a huge result for them. And uh, I suppose in a way, looks as a lot of hurlers from all over. But I suppose it's good for Limerick hurling having the two colleges in the given final in the first place. Absolutely, Kieran. Um, Rory, get back to you uh, just regarding some of the player performances during the final. I mean, Kieran alluded to it here. It was a good opening quarter here for Mary I. One five to two points up. I mean, Devin Ryan and Jason Galan certainly leading from the four, but I mean, likes of Shane Meehan, Dermot Ryan, like the key performers here for Mary I turned up and uh, Joel Caesar as well. So, I mean, from let's say kind of a Jamie Wall, uh, Podge Collins perspective, like matchups superb and players delivered on the day. Yeah, and not just matchups superb, during the game as well, we spoke about maybe UL should have maybe done something with Rogers rather than just kind of leave him in a situation where he wasn't winning ball inside. But Shane O'Brien and uh, especially against the Breeze, having Shane, Shane O'Brien and Shane Meehan inside, it wasn't working. They brought out Shane O'Brien with maybe 20 minutes to go. And he won an amount of ball out the field and uh, kind of helped to swing the game in a way. And I just thought it was a very smart move um, bringing him in. And it also, in a way, brought the full forward line in as well because he was winning ball and delivering it as opposed to kind of waiting inside for ball that wasn't coming. Um, but yeah, going back to performances, like I don't think I've ever watched a game where um, the goalkeeper had one three scored after <laughs> 15 minutes, let alone in an Ireland final. And he is a massive bucket of ball. Like there was one score, I think it was from his own 20 yard line. Like it, and uh, I was just wondering, you know, is it one of these pitches where, but uh, the midfield is about five yards between the two 65s? But when you watch it, there wasn't like there was still a, it was still a standard size hurling field. Like, but he was kind of making a mockery of uh, basically how long a lad should be bucking ball. There was one puck out he had that nearly actually bounced wide. It was just kind of held in play at the end line at the far end. So, um, yeah, when you look at that and thought, Mary, are you going to have to play into that breeze? As Kieran said, like in the second half, and you think the lead isn't enough, and they were really wasteful as well. I know you were saying, Jeremy Ryan um, was extremely good and, and really led for, well from centre back, but he had a couple of, you know, wides from outside, let's say, what should be the shooting range. Vince Harrington as well, uh, of Napierchuk, who was on wing back at the other side. I think he had four wides from, um, let's say, outside the 65 in that first half. 
when you do have threats inside, like we've spoken kind of about the threat of the full forward line they had all year. And I know um, Shane Mean did not have his best game in the final and a lot of the ball he went to control seemed to like spin out away from him. But I suppose in the last 10 minutes, he, you know, he got a very important score, won a free, like those kind of small things got him over the line, whereas that wasn't happening at all at the other end for UL. The last thing I would say about uh, Sunday Bells from Mary we were kind of talking about Tipperary, uh, where did it go from here? But some of the tip lads in Mary I team, uh, midfield, uh, Quinn, uh, Joe Caesar, as you mentioned, uh, Hennessy was carrying a knock and he wasn't as effective in the final as he had been in previous games. Like these three lads were powerhouses as well for Mary I going, going through. And, and I suppose UL's best player, Groda Connor, as we know, he's already made his tip debut in the seniors. Tipperary do have players around that 21, 22 years of age mark coming through. But yeah, overall, a serious points from Mary I and uh, well done to Jamie and Podge and everyone involved with them because, as we said, start to the year, they were, you know, they'd have been seen as a threat to teams, but nobody thought that they would, you know, go on and win it. But in fairness, they were the truly deserving winners. Yeah. I think yeah. as well, to be fair to Jamie Wall, like to do it, was it back in 2019 and to do it a second time, like, you know, I suppose mm-hmm. it shows how good a coach he is. And you oh, can just see a bit of momentum as well, uh, <clears throat> Jamie in particular, because he knows what it takes to, you know, win it once but to do it again with a whole new bunch of players against all the odds like and against you know as we mentioned like uh resources like mary i don't don't even have uh, an astroturf pitch to train on to joe during the winter to put things in perspective and uh you're up against kind of we all seen the the incredible facilities ul have and i know facilities don't win you anything either and ul as you said we're going for three in a row and that's an incredible achievement too to even be in that position but uh, still, it doesn't take anything away from what Mary I achieved. It was still, a, a, you know, for to take on the big colleges, UCC, DCU, UL, and come out on top of all of them. It's a, you know, it's a great achievement. Yeah, completely agree, Rory. I think it just really goes to show for other collegiate programs here that, you know, you can, if you have a good management, a good panel of players, a goal, a vision, anything is possible. And I think... I think it's a great story for Fitzgibbon Cup. I think it's hard luck for University of Limerick, obviously. They've had a magnificent run and look look at their Freshers team, you know, Adam Screeny and guys like that lighting it up in Freshers League. So, look, they'll be back next year. But I think for Mary Immaculate College, I think it's a, it's a great story, a great story for Jamie Wall, Podge Collins as well. So, hearties congratulations to them anyway. I suppose, guys, we can focus on the schools, the All-Ireland quarterfinals were last weekend. Starting in Rathdowney in County Leash, where Nina CBS uh, took on Kilkenny CBS. And I suppose, Kieran, 314-211 was the final score in Rathdowney to Nina CBS. And uh, I suppose Nina had a sticky opening quarter, but third quarter, they really kind of smashed their dominance home here. Yeah, I think Nina probably started the better, and I suppose Kilkenny Cole, uh, around the 20-minute mark, got him back into it. You know, and I think Darren McCarthy, we, we've mentioned in the last couple of weeks here, he... He struggled on the day with freeze. He had five wise in the first half and Owen Doohan took over um, the duty after that, but one nine to one five at half time. And I suppose they were, you know, albeit that the goal scare for Kilkenny, like the, the, the third quarter, they really kicked on. Um, you know, the blast on to go one fifteen to one eight ahead. And I, know, I think this was the quality show then. Um, you know, this is a really good team and they're going to be a tough test <clears throat> in the semi final for Sir Raphael Zlacre. You know, Mason Cody, man of the match, huge performance. You know, Darren McCarthy said he missed, uh, missed five frees, but he still has six points, you know, on the day. So, um, Joe DeWire as well with a great goal. So, um, I suppose the, last week we were kind of worried, you know, would, would this be it? You know, like, like I told her back in, a couple of years ago where they won the Hearty Cup and, you know, to go on to the next stage and maybe fall flat or, but I suppose, look, they, 
because they showed that they're here to they mean business like and they're you know through to the next day again and you know it was really impressive and i suppose i expected a bit more of a kickback from kdcbs after the kind of the, the trouble that uh St. kieran's gave them but i think there was probably was a, a goal for class as was in the end really especially that third quarter yeah rory got you in here as well i mean 313 from play for Nina CBS. Very impressive. Eight different scores. Doing obviously took over free taking duty. You had Cawley, you had McCarty taking six points here as well. Hackett centre back was absolutely immense as well. So I think overall for Nina CBS, they're well set coming into an All Ireland semi final. Yeah, they are. And we mentioned earlier uh, in a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that they're drawn from kind of all over North Tip. There's, uh, I think there's eight or nine clubs making up the starting team, which is kind of unusual sometimes uh, in, in a town college like Nina where there are other um, colleges around like Ross Gray um, you know there are other there are other secondary schools that they can dip in and out of but um, I'm sure their management would have been slightly worried as well because they have seen what's happened in the past with uh, colleges that have won the Harty Cup you know for the first time or the first time in a while slip up at the next stage so I'm sure they're delighted that they not just got over the line but put in a real emphatic performance and have kind of you know thrown themselves in now as you know major contenders for All-Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose, Karen, get your comments here in terms of Kilkenny CBS. I mean, hopes are high here two weeks ago, heading into a Leinster final against uh, St. Kieran's, but it's all gone very flat here, hasn't it? I mean, even this quarterfinal performance, I know there was a third quarter revival when they switched to a run game, but overall here, Karen, they were very much second best. And I suppose, what reflections do you have on Kilkenny CBS this season? <clears throat> yeah, I, I expected more of a kickback off them this week, you know, after that game against St. Kieran's. I'm sure they were. You know, very flat after it. You know, they were completely, you know, they were dominated all over the field. And I, I think it's just a difference in class. You know, St. Kieran's are a powerhouse and they're there every year. And I suppose this Nina team, you know, they've really impressed in the in the Hearty Cup through every stage. And um, it was going to be no easy task. But I think just, you know, maybe it's some slight cobwebs for Nina early on in the game. But, you know, once they got into momentum that third quarter, like they really kicked on. And I, th- I just don't think Kenny could have done anything or changed anything to to match it with them, you know, they were, I suppose they did run on them a, a little bit more direct in that, you know, to try in, in that third quarter, but, you know, I, I think just the, the difference in class was the telling factor in the end. Yeah, I mean, 2-7 from play from Kilkenny CBS is not really going to get it done, is it, in the quarterfinal? I suppose Corkin was a bit of a standout for Kilkenny CBS, but a few scores, but um, I did like how Kilkenny, or Nina CBS definitely kind of closed the game out. Second goal came from a Kilkenny CBS short puck out, turnover ball, high up the pitch and a third goal for Nina from Tracy as well. So I think overall good performance, the Tulla CBS um, performance that we'd feared never rematerialised. And I suppose they'll face and Raphael's of uh, Loch Ray in March 2nd. I mean, an eagerly awaited uh, game that we'll preview next week. I suppose, guys, then on Sunday, there was a bit of a venue switch from Dora Bearfield to Tulla. You had Arts Gullrich against presentation at Roy and a very physical game here, Rory. And uh, Art School Reach are indebted to Mark O'Brien, really, to getting through here. Yeah, Mark O'Brien, uh, one of the All-Ireland minor winners with Clare from Cratlow, uh, scored 1-9, 1-3 from play, um, which, you know, uh, this time of year in a soft pitch like that is serious scoring. And uh, you back it up with a few other scores from elsewhere, and it's going to be a hard total to beat. We spoke about last week, would um, um, Aaron Island being the major threat for Athenry? Would you would uh, Arsenal Reach be able to you know contain him and like uh, Aaron Island was contained one point from play. The question then was would there be more men to step up for Athenry? But look, that wasn't the case as such. And I know they were well in the game for long stretches, especially uh, 
you know, maybe into, up until the 35, 40 minute mark was where the first kind of gap appeared in it. And uh, it just shows what you will like that they're not, or you you have, it shows with Arsenal Reach that they're not kind of reliant on, um, I know it was Mark O'Brien today, but like if Finton Fitzgerald has been, you know, well able to get on the scoring streak, I saw him score four or five points from play in senior game for Mungret this year in, in Limerick Championship. So uh, he's a start in Limerick under 20 from last year. He had one point from play, but like was influential in other ways. He can also get, you know, heavily on the scoreboard. Um, Michael Collins, an interesting uh, as well. Like Michael Collins didn't score from play, but uh, he's the weak forward from the Claremont team from Leicester from Killar, a serious player. And I just think as, as things go on, as pitches dry up, um, he's more of a running type player and the likes of Michael become a bigger threat in, in other games. So what I'm saying, what I'm saying in a roundabout way is Arsenal Reach have a lot of threats. And if one lad, like it was Mark O'Brien this week, it could be somebody else the next week. And that is a serious, you know, artillery to have at this level. And, um, you know, they'll be smart enough the way they lost the Hearty Cup final in the last dying throws of the game. And, uh, you know, they'll be firmly sight set now and, you know, winning the All-Ireland and maybe maybe getting the chance to get a bit of revenge over Nina. But, yeah, overall, um, they have to have been happy with the performance. We knew at the night we were going to be serious threat to them. But, uh Hard skull in fairness, um, you know, won it and won it convincingly. Yeah, Karen, get you in there. What was your thoughts on the game? Jeez, yeah, it was a real bruising battle, wasn't it? You know, a real physical encounter. That, I think Gatton Roy probably had the best of the first half. Um, 1-7-1-5 up at halftime, the Kieran Lean goal for him. But I think it was, just, as I said, the Mark O'Brien show in that third quarter, you know, 1-3 from play. I suppose he really was the difference. I think Gatton Roy struggled to get scores in the second half as well. And I was kind of wondering, like, is there a bit of a trend developing with Aaron Island that's, you know, being held? You know, we saw it last year um, in, in the minor All-Ireland final where there was all the expectation and talk about him and, you know, he was held that day uh, and they didn't win. And, you know, just these players, are, are they kind of this name for a young guy who's been talked a lot in the last couple of years? Like, is is it too much, you know, on young players? Um, I think Evan Island was probably talked the same way and, you know, I think there's probably plenty of critics on him too, but you know, is it too soon for, I suppose, expectations in these young guys? You know, um, you know, it's, it's still probably an incredible hurler, but like, uh, is the pressure the big day getting to these guys because of you know outside noise and talk? Yeah, because I know up in Galway here, Aaron Island is really being seen and perceived here to be the next real big underage star here in Galway and. That comes with pressure, no doubt about it, Karen. And uh, maybe this is kind of a, a reset here, maybe for Galway fans. You know, I mean, obviously presentation at Roy management would have done their best to try to distribute scoring, but ultimately it is down to Nyland here in terms of the scoring rate and ratio. Even though Lean came in with a, a superb goal after three minutes, and there was a number of scores here as well. But he was—he's the focal point. He's been the focal point in the Connacht um, Championship. So yeah, I think it'll be. Probably reflections here, definitely for the Galway Miners uh, going forward. I suppose um, Rory here as well, that second quarter, I mean, the physicality-wise was just off the charts here. I mean, scores were at a premium. And, uh, you know, it's kind of really kind of does bode well for Ardskull Reach that they were able to kind of see through a tricky opening half and then really kind of burst into a game-winning advantage in that third quarter. Yeah, and I just think as well, like uh, the Hearty Cup would have galvanized. You know, you, you get games like I know they had a right battle against um, Hospital in down in Kilmallock, and it just it was it was that kind of a feel that it was going to be a physical battle, and they had come through them already. And uh, sometimes, you know, we talk about talent, and they have so many 
you know, Clare Minor here, Limerick Minor there, and this kind of stuff. But it it just shows sometimes it, it you have to be able to battle as well and uh, win the physical battle. And you know, they matched up big time with that tonight. And in the end, they probably just had that bit more, as we said, more of a, a spread of scores when it came to it. In the end, once they're able to match the physicality of the game, yeah. So look, uh, our skull, they're they're right in there now, and they're right back in it. And uh, you would have thought like that. That was probably the the you know a tricky one, like Athen Wright coming down, as you said, with kind of a big names on their side as well, and a lot of success with the clubs that the, these players are coming from. But um, yeah, it j- just showed that. Uh, our squad are probably going in the right direction and may have learned some things from the Munster final as well and strengthened things up throughout the field too. And then I think you can add a bit of hurt and hunger as well, you know, and the, and the, the manner in which they lost the article final, you know, that'll drive them on mentally, motivation, I think. So it'll be some contest against St. Kieran's in the semi-final and, you know, I suppose it's uh, early days yet, but to be whoever wins that will be a hard team to face in the final. Yeah, absolutely, Karen. You know, that's uh, just a titanic struggle right there, isn't it? We'll give a preview of that next week. And I mean, from presentation at night, another stellar school, you know, one stellar school is going to be knocked out in the quarterfinals stage, just in terms of the rotation of teams here. And uh, unfortunately, presentation at night are the team to go out. But uh, look, you'd wonder here with presentation in terms of has that cycle, uh, particularly in the last few years, they were in all Ireland final last year, didn't make it. Uh, like some Ireland probably moving on um, after the season. So I think it's uh, maybe a rebuild in presentation. But, but Carty's congratulations, Arts Call Reach. I suppose, guys, we'll maybe depart the colleges and schools and look at our intercounty senior hurling. I mean, Alliance Hurling League round three is on this weekend. So 1A, 1B, and 2A. I suppose, Kieran, from a 1A perspective, what games are standing out for you this weekend? I suppose the first one that comes to mind is is Cork Waterford. I suppose Cork are you know zero from two in their first two games. Um, but Waterford will probably be disappointed and they're and they're not winning that match against Clare at home. I suppose their first home game in Walsh Park. Um, but I think the pre- the most of the pressure at Cork at home this weekend, you know they, they need a win. You know they they're probably running out of games now if they have any ambitions of playing one A next year. I think if I was Pat Ryan, I'd be more so looking for performance and a 70-minute performance. Um, you know, the, the last two games have been stop-starting, one of the games for, for periods of the game, and, you know, you just can't win big games um, with doing that. Um, interesting, it'll be interesting to see, the, you know, the team that's named and the selection, you know, you know, will Hargan play again, you know, will Han, you know, will he give the younger guys more of a chance, uh, look the way it has been, this year and 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 last reading into it, they seem to be going for the blend of, of young and old. Um, you know, but I think this is this is a huge game for both teams. Um, you know, Waterford obviously are on a kind of a not a rebuild themselves, but you know, there's a they're at a, probably a bit of a crossroads too. You know, players having stepped away and you know, I suppose younger guys coming in and, and trying to mix the young and old and um you know, I think it's going to be Waterford probably going to bring the physical edge to it, to you know, to Cork, and you know, it's probably how Cork will react to that. Um, but you know, I think this is going to be a rip roaring contest. Yeah, absolutely, Aaron. Rory, get you in there. What's standing up for you in one A? Yeah, I agree. Cork Waterford is a standout game based on the fact that both teams are coming in like with uh, two poor results, both uh, from the first few rounds each, and uh, it's really the winner here has a chance of staying up. The, the losing team, you have to say, is, is almost doomed already. With Cork, like, there's a lot of question marks over them. 
we were we were wondering when or why maybe the under twenties haven't been blooded. Uh, you're talking Ben Cunningham, who impressed so much last year. Uh, Healy inside the full forward line, and then um, you had Mial Mullins midfield, who got that epic goal against Clare in the Munster final. And uh, yeah, they, they've been kind of, you know, the, the lesser spotted young lads, I suppose, of, of Cork Carlin. But maybe, uh, as you mentioned, this could be part of an overall plan of when when he blood them during the league. Or maybe you're just not showing up in training either, like where there is a big step up from under 20 to senior. And maybe it's the kind of the, the older brigades are, you know, shooting the lights out in training and getting the nods ahead of them. But, you know, uh, we kind of expected that this would be the year where Pat Ryan would start to blood players. Maybe Pat Ryan is thinking like he, he's not in for a rebuilding job. He's in for a, a job where Cork have to, you know, maybe get to a Munster final this year. Definitely qualify out of Munster this year. Uh, Waterford, on the other hand, um, yeah, they were up against a very depleted Clare side. They were opening the Walsh Park and kind of thought that that would be the day they'd, you know, put down a marker there and get their home win and be right in the hunt then to, for the latter stages. But were very flat that day at times. Um, went four or five points down and kind of edged your way back into it near the end, I suppose. But uh, there were there was no point in the game really where Waterford like completely dominated a, a section of the match. Um, so yeah, for, from a Davy Fitz point of view. A win now against Cork would, you know, give them hope and kind of point them in the right direction towards the end of this group. Um, so, yeah, look, the, the, it's kind of the, the game that has the most intrigue in it. I don't think either team will want to lose this game either. Um, in terms of revenue, like Cork, we know, are in, in, in trouble financially and they don't want to be down, uh, you know, next year playing kind of teams that they would you know, perceive as Joe McDonough teams. Like they want to be up at the top against the likes of Kilkenny and get, you know, drawn in the crowds. And in fairness, they probably draw in as high a league attendance as any team, um, especially down at home. They have a good good following, as we know, and it would mean a lot to Cork J to stay up in the division. So, yeah, I think Cork are going to go all out for this one. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to give them the nod in it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose, Karen as well, Chadwick's Park, Wexford. Uh, Wexford versus Clare. Suppose get some thoughts on the game. Um, I mean, Clare two from two. Wexford coming in with two draws in the opening two games. I mean, for Wexford home game, probably a win needs to be the requirement here, is it? If they've got any ambitions of one a next year, yeah, they have to win. You know, I suppose if you were to say before the league started, if they had two points from the first two games, having played Kenny Nolan Park and Offaly at home, you'd probably take it. But I'm sure looking back at it with the benefit of hindsight, a little bit disappointing to only have two points. Um, you know, I think it's a big game for, for Wexford. Uh, Clare coming to town again. I suppose the last time Clare came to, to Wexford in, a, in the league, it was a bit of a drubbing. You know, I think they shipped six goals that day and you know things weren't right. And you know, I'm, I'm sure that'll be uh, on the minds of certain players who were around that time um, when they take it to pitch Sunday. Uh, yeah, I, it, it probably depends what type what type of Clare team plays. You know, Clare with two from two, will they bank on on the Offaly game as being a win, having their six points already? Um, I still think they'll probably, you know, they have been playing some, I suppose, a, a weaker side, but they have been impressive. I thought, you know, Sean Rain really impressive the last day. You know, I suppose the likes of Patrick Crotty give game time to Shane Meehan and, you know, Mark Rogers and, you know, while they're, Younger players, they have been impressive, and uh, you know. So I think it's um, for Wexford. I suppose a win is a must if they have ambitions of playing one A. I think for Clare, 
I suppose the pressure is off having the two wins in the bank in in the in the bank already. You know, but I suppose I expect maybe a little bit of revenge for for Wexford just based on the last league game against Clare under. Yeah, Rory, got you in there from a Clare perspective. I mean, there's a little bit of an edge between these two counties after historical meetings. I can think of the COVID National Hurling League, mm-hmm. certain players being omitted last minute. And then obviously all Ireland quarterfinals and obviously that six goal drubbing last season. So Wexford will be no short of motivation here, I would say, Rory. So how's Clare going to approach it, do you feel? Yeah, and uh, the teams have met an awful lot recently, like for, for teams in opposite provinces, they seem to keep coming together. Even the the COVID championship where it was kind of an old style uh, after the provincials came into Arnaca, Clare Wexford were the first two teams drawn out to play each other again. So they've met an awful lot recently. Um, Clare by and large have had the upper hand, both league and championship. I do remember um, Wexford coming up and scalping Clare once in the league up in Cusick Park, but by and large, Clare have come out the, the better end of things, but sometimes it's been down to the bare minimum between the teams as well. Uh, I know Kieran is alluding to the kind of facile victory Clare had down there that time, and I think that defeat did hurt Wexford that year. Like it, it, it's a massive dent in your confidence to lose at home by with a drubbing like that, and it will be serious motivation for them, you know, and it's kind of a bar to kind of say this won't happen to us now again. But uh, it's just hard to know what Clare are going to do because uh, they have two wins out of two. They have Kilkenny coming at home, which you're sure they'll want to kind of target up in Cusick Park and put out a big performance against Kilkenny. Um, and then uh, awfully in the last game, so maybe like Clare would still be in experimental mode. And as Kieran said, the experimental mode has worked well because the likes of Sean Rain have put their hand up uh, when they've come in. And they're going to have players coming back in now from colleges who are, you know, the likes of Adam Hogan and uh, Dermot Ryan and uh, Meehan are going to be buoyed from Mary I's success. And it works the other way as well, I suppose, uh, lads from UL who are just, just will just want to go out and play the next game that comes. It, it Look, it, it's it's a difficult one to call. Um, I think it'll mean more to Wexford in terms of they, they really have to go out and get that win. And um, the could, Clare could be thinking that even if they lose, they'll still have another two chances, you know, to get that third win and cement their place in, in Division 1 for next year. So uh, on that basis, like, you, you'd be nearly uh you know tipping Wexford for this one. I do think as well, Rory, that the fact that you know midpoint in the league, likes of Clare would like to be ramping up, but you can see Clare being in the latter stages like so, mm-hmm. you know, will they take a little bit of a lull now to ramp up again coming into a possible, you know, league semi final, final into championship, you know, and yeah. get the intensity rising week on week, you know. It is funny how different teams approach the league because last year you could say Limerick went out and won the thing and ended up uh, you know Munster fine against Clare or whatever. Now they did, uh, let's say, struggle two rounds in Munster early on. Uh, Clare didn't take the league one bit seriously last year and uh, ended up. Um, I remember seeing Clare up in Ennis against Galway last year, just up there going, "What are Clare at here? Like they look looked so flat and everything." And next minute came out with Munster Championship and apart from the Tipperary game, like performed really well in the other three matches. So it's hard to know, like, what is the best approach to take? My own view is winning, like breeds confidence and the longer you go in a competition like that the more you learn about your players and there is a there is a, a gap like even last week having a gap off uh, you know it's not like before where everything was you know ramped in together like there is a bit of space to kind of rest certain players try out other lads so yeah i i, I do prefer the approach of it never harms Kilkenny to go out and win a league and then win a championship afterwards like uh you know cody just wanted to win everything that was there and uh Probably, I think, is the best approach to Gosha. I suppose that I suppose that we've highlighted this as well as the 
suppose the benefit the Leinster teams may have is uh, two weaker games in the Leinster Championship. So, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes the fixtures fall where they might have Westmead or a, an Antrim first two games. And I suppose it allows them that extra week or two to, to progress to the latter stages. But, you know, I don't see where the, you know, this is, you know, year on year we're talking the same thing. But for teams to go and win the league if they're back out two weeks time in Championship, you know, I think that's what we probably saw from Limerick last year. You know, was the two weeks enough to recover and and get yourself back and up and ready for you know for another hard hitting round of games? Like another factor, Karen, I think for teams, let's say teams that that don't haven't won a lot. Like I'm going to show Claire in that bracket as well. There is a good bit of backslapping when you do win a league, and it can take the eye off. We saw it with Waterford a couple of Waterford, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, you know, suddenly you're you're being written about as favourites for All Ireland, and you're set up for a fall. And I know the the teams that are successful can deal with it, like. Uh, you know, they, they they know what it's all about and they've been through the middle, but lads who maybe don't have that medal and suddenly there's a league medal and going into work that week and everyone is saying, oh, well done. And whereas, uh, in, in let's say, for a Limerick player or a Kenny player even to come out with a league medal, like at work, nobody's <laughs> mentioned that to them even. Derek yeah. um, McGrath knows that very well, doesn't he? Lads can lose a run of themselves, basically, is what we're saying. And it has happened to teams in the past. So there is that slight danger and certain guys would nearly be thinking get to you now league final and you'll be grand like no you don't really have to go out and win it which is a shame because yeah that's um, national measure like yeah it is and and when, when we were younger like uh, to win a national league was a huge thing uh, if your county were national league champions and you know it was it was almost seen up there as you know being as good as a provincial title let's say being a national league champion but now it's just been diluted as the years have gone on and you're just hoping like that this year like from now on that teams are going to actually go for it and we'll have a proper competition you know when we get to the semi-finals final stage because there has been chatter boxing in recent years when you get to the knockout stages i suppose we can finish off 1a awfully traveling down to northern park face kilkenny kieran from an awfully perspective got a good draw against wexford they may have regretted it from video analysis given the chance they may have missed in the opening half but uh do you give awfully a chance to maybe deliver a performance against kilkenny here on sunday I'm sure that's what Johnny Kelly is looking for in any of these games is get the performance. Um, I suppose on top of the extra game is a bit more accuracy and, you know, I suppose to get the shots um, percentage, you know, higher. You know, they, they, to be fair, they, they work like dogs against Wexford and they they really bad, especially in that first half. Like they were, you know, they really bully Wexford all over the field. But I think for Johnny Kelly going into the Joe McDonough is just to get a couple of good performances in and get those confidence up and to show these, you know, younger guys and, 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 I suppose uh, all, the whole panel is that, you know, we're, we're not far away from this level, you know, and we can, we're there thereabouts and can mix it with these teams. And, you know, I think that if they can get that confidence going into John McDonough, geez, they're going to be very hard to stop in that competition. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose Rory Derek Ling has been mentioning in local media the possibilities of trimming down the squad after round three, I suppose, from a Kilkenny perspective. You know, they've won a game, they've drawn one, uh, I suppose, looking for a bit of a performance and a good win here to maybe boost confidence going into the business end of the league season. Yeah, and if you're one of those players that thinks they're kind of possibly under threat of being in that chop, like you're kind of hoping in a way that the game is a tight one and your contribution, because if you if Kilkenny end up with a, you know, a facile victory here, like, and even a, a lad scores four or five points from play, you still might get the chop because it won't be seen as as valuable as if it's it's dug out. But uh, from an Offaly point of view, like Offaly are in a position here where compared to the other teams in an, in the Joe McDonough Championship where they're up against top quality opposition in the lead up to it. And you're just hoping that this year that they might, you know, I know last year you could say they were kind of caught in the final 
But um, you know, the, like this is the year where really, with, with for the lads coming through, that they have to make that step up. And uh, just, I think it's very important for them that they stay in there in the league all the way through, and they don't end up getting a good few clippings between now and the end because it could nearly have a detrimental effect. So it is important, and Johnny Kelly will be hoping that they are as competitive now this week as they were against Wexford in the last round. And um, you know that they give Kilkenny a game, and I, I don't see Offaly winning this game. I don't think any of us do, but you want them to be at least competitive and be right in there. And that's, again, we speak about the league, about learning what players will, will step up for championship, but a game against Kilkenny is you'll learn a lot about your players in a match like that and see you know, who, who has the stuff for championship. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose, guys, we'll go to 1B. Um, there's Tipperary versus Westmead in FBD Semple Stadium. Dublin entertain Limerick in Crow Park as a double header uh, on Saturday night. And Antrim host Galway. I suppose, Karen, from your perspective, what's standing out here in 1B? Uh, it's hard to pick again to stand out. Uh, I suppose the Dublin Limerick game, I suppose, of the three, if you weren't that handy on a Saturday, the a double header wouldn't, wouldn't be. Wouldn't be a bad idea, like you know, the you double play Limerick first and then Dublin Kerry uh footballers take the stage after that. So, you know, it's a would be a bad opening in HQ. I suppose look for John Kiley, maybe a chance for some of the for some of the younger guys to experience Crow Park. They've named the team tonight and you know, I won't say it's full strength, it's probably two thirds of strength. Um but the likes of uh Adam English and Shane O'Brien, uh Johnny Fadali named the full forward line. Just a chance for these guys to, to experience uh, what it's like to play there. Look, Dublin have been just have been looking at all sorts of butter so far. Possibility maybe Owen Donald might be back, but you know I think they need, need a few more. I think the we've we've talked about this today, but like you know the, Dublin without Donald Burke are just not a team. Um, they're really struggling at the minute, and I suppose for Limerick it's a. It's another chance for another two points, and I suppose John Kiley will be looking for a little bit more increments and improvement in 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 things like in intensity and and you know just performance. I suppose as a whole from players, um, and I suppose the result will be looking after itself. But you know it's very hard to see anything with a Limerick win here. Yeah, Rory, get you in here as well from a Limerick perspective. Like Sabella Donahue, Barry Nash returning. So I mean, some valuable game time for those guys. But Dublin, on the other hand. Will they have the scoring threat to actually seriously test Limerick on Saturday night? No, you could see there's a bit of, of intention from Limerick here in terms of, um, you know, it looks a much stronger team on paper, a lot more of the, let's call them the All-Ireland winning team out there. You just see, like, I don't think Dublin are in, are in this category. And uh, unfortunately, there seems to be a bit of slippage, especially in the last couple of years. And I know you could say, Dublin could say, well, we qualified out of Leinster last year, but, you know, they were so far off in the Ireland quarterfinal and, in in a way the it's kind of hard maybe to see them qualify this year uh so yeah you're just kind of fr- from a dublin point of view they need to show signs that they are actually improving and that they're actually going in the right direction and the i suppose playing the ireland champions in crow park is probably you know wh- where the, they'll get the best indicator of of what direction they're in so yeah, I, I to be honest, it'll tell us actually it'll tell a lot of us a lot about where Dublin are as well because Dublin will not want to go out and chip a beating here. They will, I think, throw their best at Limerick. And uh, the fact as well, uh, as Karen said, it's a double header afterwards with the footballers playing Kerry. They won't want to go out and get a drubbing in the hurling game. Like they will, you know, be conscious that they have to really, really deliver and everything will have to be on point for them. 
but um, it's just hard to see a win. And this was the kind of thing, we, we, when we saw the groups at the start and we did our preview, that they did look a bit lopsided and that you have, uh, you know, Antrim Westmeath, uh, Dublin at one side with Limerick Galway and Tip. And so far it's kind of, you know, turning out that way that Limerick Galway Tip are kind of breezing through the game so far against the weaker position. I know Limerick fought hard against Westmeath there to kind of, uh, Westmeath were in the game for a long spell, but you just always felt that Limerick were going to have that, you know, scoring spree near the very end to get them over the line. And uh, so it turned out, but yeah, so this weekend, like it, it's strange, you've, you've Limerick v Dublin, Galway v Antrim, Tip v Westmeath, and it would be, apart from maybe Antrim, shoving it up to Galway up in Belfast, like it's very hard to see a, a shock in any of the games. Yeah, because we could probably go to FPD Sample Stadium because Liam Cahill has actually publicly said that he's going to announce his 30 man, 37-man squad straight after the Westmead game. So, mean opportunity knocks for a few of the fringe guys here, like the Joe Caesars, guys like that. Kieran Tree stake a claim uh, against Westmead on Saturday. Yeah, and I expect that's how they line out is the, I suppose the, the fringe players and the guys who they want to have a, another look at before they make their decision. Um I suppose it's an arduous task for Westmead traveling down to Turles. Um, they looked at be buoyed by their performance against Limerick, you know, two weeks ago. Um, as I said last week, I'm sure about training a bit easier during the week, and you know, I suppose they get on with a little more confidence. Um, but you know, Tipperary, I suppose, are playing with a bit of confidence at the minute. Hope they're not peaking too soon, too early in the season. But they have been, I suppose, impressive to date. You know, Grow O'Connor, um, I suppose, been the highlight of that really. They still have a lot of players to come back in, but I think this week you'll see you'll see a you know a a, a team full of, of fairly well of French players, and uh, I suppose as I said, it'll be a chance for for Cal to have a one last look at them. But again, these matches like it's very hard to see an upset. Yeah, and Rory like Corrigan Park, Antrim versus Galway here. I mean, the hope here is Antrim continue their performance. Uh, levels i mean probably they'll have to up it significantly from the dublin performance but the hope here is like Gunning and the rest of the antrim guys can elevate it here to seriously challenge galway yeah look and we know carrigan park has been a bit of a fortress for them and they have given big performances against some of the top teams that have come up there and you're just hoping that this is the case as well should have beaten dublin you know and that would have given them a bit of confidence coming in here but like galway are a big step up from dublin and uh yeah, it, you're just, we mentioned this the last day, there's no point going out and giving a good performance the last day if, you know, you end up losing heavily in their next match. Antrim need to, like, put back-to-back performances together here. And, uh, yeah, and probably a bit more support for uh, Conine as well. Like, uh, he was electric against Dublin. Again, it's kind of situation we spoke about. He's their marquee forward at the minute. And if he's being held, is there somebody else going to sh- step up and score 1-3, 1-4 from play? And, you know, it'll be an interesting thing to see against Galway. Have they a bit more depth to their forward line? I think as well, like we're talking about Dublin in, in, in one breath saying that they're, you know, poor and struggling. But does that show, like, where Antrim are, like, at home last, you know, last week against Dublin? And yet Dublin came away with the win. Like, does that show how maybe Antrim are, are struggling too? You know, but, you know, I suppose it's two games against Dublin they should have won, but... You know, should have and would have are completely different things. And you know, Galway are like our our ten steps up and what Dublin are. I suppose Galway would probably go half experimental, but like players like McLaughlin, you know, has had a good Fitzgibbon campaign there. You know, all younger guys, uh, Liam Collins and and Gavin Lee and stuff like that, going to get game time. And you know, these guys are putting their hands up for jerseys and they're not going to be 
you know, uh, the Antrim are not going to get anywhere easy against Galway, you know, and uh, I think there is pressure on Galway in, in, in different regards too. So, you know, I, it's very hard to see anything but like Galway winning by, uh, you know, a definite double figure score. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, so I'm kind of taking it here. It's Tipperary Limerick Galway for you guys, is it? For the yeah. weekend? Yeah. Yeah, it can't be any other way. Yeah, and then 1A, obviously, yeah. Kilkenny versus Offaly, Cairn and Rory, who are you tipping there? Um, well, obviously Kilkenny, but the question is, um, how close will Offaly get to them? Uh, you know, are they going to, like, if Offaly get to five points, that's, you know, serious signs of improvement. Ten points, uh, inside ten, single figures is uh, respectable, but anything beyond that, and you, you just be worried, as we, as we mentioned, things can go either way for Offaly. They go into the Joe McDonough really competitive after big performances, or if they get a few hidings, you know, it might go the opposite way for them. Yeah, Karen, Kilkenny, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, the only thing with factors for these, uh, would say second tier teams like Westmead and 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 uh, Antrim and and, and Offaly in that same bracket, you know, with the, the week break last week, and there's going to be another week break next week, you know, some of these teams are going to go through, I suppose, heavy blocks of training, um, and it'll just fall as the match falls in between that. So, you know, maybe that will have will be a factor for the for the teams like Kilkenny and Limerick and, and Tipperary. Where they're probably going to go through big, you know, heavy work in this three-week period. Um, but yeah, you, you still have to tip to Kenny regardless what team takes the field. Offaly would be happy with a, I suppose, a good performance and you know keep it within a couple of points. Cool. And guys, the other two fixtures in one A: Corfe, Waterford, Wexford v Clare. Um, who are you tipping here, Karen and Rory? Yeah, I, I'll, I'm going to go with Cork. Uh, could be the game of the weekend. Um, I think both teams are going to go at this. And uh, sometimes in the league, it's hard to predict when both teams are going to really go out and try and win the game. I think this would be one of them. And I just think Cork might have that bit more firepower. Waterford are still down a lot of players. Um, and even then, lads coming in, it'll be their first game. I know Cork have been blowing hot and cold, even within games. But I just think they'll probably have enough for uh, Waterford, who were disappointed not to win at home to Clare, as we said earlier. So, yeah. Um, and Wexford as well. I, I just I think this could be a close one. Um could be one might be worth a punt in a draw, but uh, Wexford at home, Clare having two wins on the board, um, I'd go at Wexford, just about. Same for you, Karen. Yeah, I think for me, I think the Cork Waterford game probably is the game of the weekend. I think for Pat Ryan, they, they have to get a performance above anything else. You know, another home game. You know, Waterford, I suppose, they haven't been anyway impressive, but you know they are still lacking a, a few good few players to come back in. I think. More pressure will be on Clark. I expect them to probably have enough for water for this weekend. I'd like to see him throw the dice a little bit more. Like we were, last couple of weekends, you know, Kieran Joyce has been incredible. Tommy O'Connell, um, you know, Sean Toomey, you know, give show more a couple of younger lads in. I'd love to see Brian Saunderson get a, a shot in the goal. I think he's been really impressive, and you know, I think a lot of people have been critical of of Patrick Collins in goal. Um, you know, give Saunderson a go. Um, likes of Ben Cunningham, Mullins, these guys give them in because um, you know, just to to mix it up a little bit. But I, I do think Cork will have enough. Uh, Wexford Clare, I I do think it'll all depend what Clare travels. You know, my own opinion, I expect that they might you know be happy with the two from two, and I suppose what games have to come. You could probably throw Clare in one of these teams that are going to go through a heavy training block with the, the gap weeks either side. So I think just from, you know, Wexford will be disappointed with their performance against Offaly. You'd expect a bit of a kickback on it. 
uh, especially the first half there, you know, um, they really weren't at the pace. You know, the week off can do a lot of good things. They, like the, they've had a couple of games on a trot as well. So, um, you know, I, I'm just going to tip it to Wexford, but I think it all depends on what Clare team. If Clare come, like they did come to Waterford last week, you'd have to say Clare, but I, I expect Clare to be a little bit weaker this week. No, thanks for that, guys. And before we conclude here, uh, Division 2A, um, the top two, Leach and Carlo, face off in Moor Park on Saturday evening and expected to be a big crowd. It was down in Carlo last weekend and there's big excitement on that game. And obviously Sunday we have Down entertaining Kildare and Kerry uh, facing Mead. I mean, Leash versus Carlo just leaps out of the page here as the key 2A game here, uh, Rory. Yeah, it does. And, um, it's been kind of building up to this uh, as both teams are coming in unbeaten. And then we had that game last year in the Joe McDonough where it was it was kind of Carlo who were lucky to get out of jail with a goal in the last minute. Marty Kavanagh uh, got a goal against the run of play. You could say Leash looked like they had their game sewn up and ended up then, as fortune would have it, Carlo ended up as Joe McDonough champions and deservedly so. But uh, So Leash will be kind of looking for a bit of revenge here. Um, it's funny like how teams... Carlo last year didn't give a hoot about the league. They went up, got annihilated by Kildare one day, and suddenly Joe McDonough were a different team. So they obviously were were putting heavy training in during, during the league last year. But this year, with the incentive of being up there in that higher division, playing against uh, you know the the teams, let's say a good few established Lee McCarthy teams, with Carlo already being up in Lee McCarthy, they're going to want to be playing these teams a lot more regularly. It's going to be a big step up to go into the Leinster Championship. Um, you know, after playing, with all due respect, Kildare and Down and Kerry. Um, so I think that's why Carlo is kind of a bit of impetus on, on Carlo this year to, to put in a good league. Saying that, I just think uh, Leash, they are going well, probably would feel they should have got over the line last year. And I'm just going to give Leash the edge in this one. Yeah, Karen, your thoughts? It's going to be, you know, local derby. It's not in Port Leach, I think, isn't it? So It is in Port Leach, uh, yeah. That'll be one factor. I've seen both these teams in the flesh in the last couple of weeks and to me, I would, be, I would have been a bit more impressed with Carlo. I think they just play to their strengths. That half-forward line is probably one of the best half-forward lines in the game to me. Marty Cavanagh, Chris Nolan, you know, um, Doyle midfield, um, very good centre-back as well. Um, it's like the the full-forward line doesn't exist at times, you know, because that's where their, they, you know, their puck-outs is down on top of the full-forward line. They're all well able to win their own ball. I think they just use that to their strength, and I think, you know, Based on what I've seen so far this year, I think I, I've been really impressed with Carlo, and I think they have enough for Leash. I think regarding Down and Kildare, Down have been impressive in the the first two games. I suppose it'll be a sign where both teams are at. Really, I think this is where this is probably a battle for third and fourth at the minute. I suppose Kildare, you know, we talked about them a lot last year. Um, you know, I suppose they're very disappointing end of the year, but I think this will be a litmus test for both teams to see where they're at. Uh, and Kerry and Mead, I think that. The signs are Shane Conway is back training. Um, so hard to know will he feature or not. Mead have been, I suppose, after being promoted to this division last year, you know, they're holding their own, to be fair. Um, just, uh, you know, the way Kerry have played the last couple of weeks, you'd nearly expect me to put up a little bit of an upset here. Yeah, Rory, get you in here. I mean, it's more news of Kerry, yeah. like club transfers to Lachlan Gales. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a Mead, Saoirse Bolton perspective here, given the panel withdrawals from Kerry, surely this is an opportunity to maybe secure an away win here and maybe secure 2A hurling for next season. Yeah, Kerry must be reading. Like we Jack Gould in earlier going to London where he scored 3-11 recently against Wicklow. And now you've got on McAsee, who's, you know, arguably Kerry's top hurler 
uh, going to Lachlan Gales now and uh, Kerry are, are working off uh, you know it's it's a it's still a small pocket of hurling there in North Kerry like a, a very strong pocket but it's still a small group of clubs they're picking from and to lose players of that quality you know in the space of the same year same season it is tough for them and uh, you just feel like that uh, Meath will have a good opportunity here they've been they've been very impressive so far in the fact that they've made the step up okay they haven't got the wins on the board but they've made the step up and have been at the you know they've been at the level of the teams and it is a good opportunity and you know it, it, it's we carry in in a number of Joe Matona finals recently and it's just a shame to see you know that that bit of slippage it, it is a tough job like there we talk about managers with teams in transition like this unfortunately for the for the management below from Malumphy and the, the Waterford lads involved with them that like uh the kind of been dealt a raw hand in terms of um you know players like uh and it, you can see like it's not that it's moving like a lad down in Kilkenny. It's just too much Kilkenny back up to North Kerry for training, and then over to London as well. Like it's, they've just been unlucky in terms of losing talent. But yeah, they, they, from a Kerry point of view as well, like to steady the ship, they will see Meath coming to uh, Tralee as a as a chance for them to win as well. So it's a bit of an intriguing one. And also Down have been probably you know the team that nobody not that they didn't expect it, but the fact that they you know have won so convincingly against Kerry last day. Um, you know, and it'll be a test of where actually are they between Down and Kildare. And whoever wins, if Down do win this, they'll have two wins. And let's say someone will, unless it's a draw between Leach and Carlo, they'll be level with that team then. So it'll keep them in the hunt. And I'm sure that's where they'd like to be going into the business end of it. So, yeah, I'll I'll go with Down and uh, uh, maybe carry just enough at home against Meath. But uh, that's not with any confidence either. Yeah, Karen, get you in there. Down Kildare, carry Meath. See any upsets here? I think down the home as well has to be an advantage. You know, I suppose they were, I suppose I saw them, the highlights against Kerry and they looked impressive. And yeah, I think you just have to give it to down. They've been, you know, going okay this year. I'm going to tip me here for for um for a bit of an upset. I think if Shane Connery doesn't play, you know, I think definitely um he he is back training. Will they risk him? Look, Kerry with Shane Connery are going to be a different team. It's like Dublin with with Donald Burke. He's going to add so much, you know, threat for them. But I think if Shane Conway doesn't play, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to Meat for an upset. Yeah, I'm kind of tipping Meat here as well. I think it's a glorious opportunity for Sirius Bulfin and the Mead team. I mean, first day out, they beat Kildare. I know they had a bit of a heavy loss against uh, Carlo, but first 15, 20 minutes, they were well in the game. But you know, they were kind of blown away just before half time. So I think lessons may have been learned there, and I think for Mead. This would be a massive win. I think Kerry have it all to do, if I'm being brutally honest. And uh, if they go zero for three here, guys, I think the alarm bells will certainly be ringing. I mean, down versus Kildare. I've been very impressed by down. Even that performance against Kerry, particularly the middle third, particularly in that third quarter, very good. McRichard, uh, you know, 2-8 after the break, you know, it was just very impressive. So look, Kildare, they're leaking an awful lot. And like the scoring rate as well, particularly against Leach last day. You know, they had enormous amount of raw wides uh, against Leach in that first half. So, look, uh, I think you'd have to tip down anyway. And I think down's probably been one of the success stories in two way. Guys, we might leave it there. Been a lengthy one tonight, but, I mean, we've plenty to get through. I suppose next week we'll review round three of the Allianz Hurling League, 1A, 1B, and 2A. We'll also look at the college's uh, All-Ireland semi-finals, obviously. St. Kieran's and Arts School Reach and then St. Raphael's of Loch Ray against Nina CBS. We'll do previews there and we'll cover any other intercounty 
uh, news because obviously there'll be squad panel announcements next week. Until then, guys, enjoy the games over the weekend and we'll chat next week. Thanks, Mark. You, Take care. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.